Uh, what do I need? Oh, yeah, back to my old set. This? Long time no listen. Turn you to your regularly scheduled horse shit. This is the Padded Room Podcast. My name is Darian. I feel much better. Thank you for asking. If anybody did ask, I don't know. I don't know if anybody cares. Maybe we should stick with the short form show. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll see. Maybe that was better. We could we could get rid of all that other shit that we normally do. <laughs> or maybe you should just change your voice. Or you, yeah, you should do a lot of yelling before the show. I could, or I could just stay in a constant state of sickness, <laughs> which was not cool. No. That was not cool at all. Uh, I feel fine. I'm here, uh, hopefully sounding better than I did last week. Buddy is in the house. Yay! Monica is not in the house because she is now sick. Yeah. And I will not comment on how she got sick. Uh, <laughs> I you will... were sick last week. Now uh, she's sick okay, this week. All right. I don't appreciate your questioning <laughs> looks, sir, or your accusatory smile. Does that mean I'm going to be sick next week? Yes, probably. <laughs> and yes, she did stay a little bit later after the show, after you went home, for personal reasons. And I don't know how she got sick, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> it's none of your goddamn business. <laughs> What's up with you, my man? How was your week? Uh, week was good. Yeah? Yeah. Just work, work, work as usual? Yeah, yeah, just working a lot. We're back, we're back in the summer, pretty much. I know. Here in Reno. It's yeah. been like 70s, 80s, 90s. Yeah, we like touched down with snow there for a second, and then boop, right back up. You know but what? we have another storm coming in tomorrow. Motherfuck. Yeah. It's All supposed right. to uh, bring freezing temperatures again, and then kick back warmer by the weekend. Uh, I'm debating on whether or not I need to turn off my sprinklers. Uh, they're talking about it. They say you probably should this time of the year. Uh, this is usually about when I do it. Yeah. But I, tr- I like to let them run as, as long as I possibly can before... They get sub-zero and the pipes start freezing. Yeah. I'll probably give it another week. See how that works out for me. I'm rolling the dice on the sprinklers. There you go. I don't know, man. Might walk out there to a geyser in my front yard. Right. Don't want any broken pipes. I got all my Halloween shit up, too. Yeah. It's going to ruin everything if that happens. Fucking fuck. (laughs) All right, you maniacs. Uh, I'm uh, ready to go. We got a regular shit show here for you, kids. We got listener mail, uh, horror news. We're going to do all the regular segments this week because I feel fine. Well, I'm still a little nasally. Yeah. A little bit. But I think that's mostly allergies. Probably. At this point. I took some Flonase. Uh-huh. Uh, I took some Claritin yesterday. Claritin or Claritin D? I don't know. I don't know. I should, should probably take the D. Yeah. Decongestant. Ooh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. God damn it. Enough with your perversions. Mm-hmm. Let's get to a uh, little horror news, shall we?
<laughs> Horror news. Got anything, buddy? Yeah, so now up for pre-order, Scream Factory's Slumber Party Massacre Blu-ray includes a NECA figure. Did you see this? No, I did not. Oh, and yes, of course, the Russ figure comes with a bloody power drill. That sounds about right. <laughs> Bonus features for the movie include new 4K scan from an original camera negative, Sleepless Nights, the making of the Slumber Party Massacre, audio commentary with director Amy Holden Jones, actors Michael Villela, and... Deborah De Liso, in review with actor Rig Kennedy and theatrical trailer. Only 2,000 sets are available, and they're selling for $59.99, which isn't actually too bad. And I mean, is that is that the NCA, NC-17 figure? <laughs> yeah. Let's take a look at that guy. Well, there's the, uh, the killer there. That's very nice. <laughs> Where's the... Oh, it doesn't show. It doesn't show the... Uh, the adults-only version. <clears throat> <laughs> no. I was thinking about that. I was perusing Shout Factory the other day and Arrow Video, and I dig what they're doing. I like the 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 4K restorations and all the bonus features and all that shit. Uh-huh. I don't think we need every single movie from the, the 1980s restored and remastered. No. You know I what I mean? So, they got yeah. a box set over there right now, Troll and Troll 2. The whole purpose of watching Troll and Troll 2 is that they're that bad. You know what I'm saying? I I really like Troll. Well, that figures. Yeah. That figures, yeah. Have you seen Troll 2? No. Oh. Widely contested to be the worst film ever made. Oh, okay. But a lot of people hold it in that high regard of so bad it's good. Oh. I say so bad it's, it's just bad. bad. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe if you, like, uh, I don't know... Ate like a pot brownie and then watched it, oh. or something like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's like a take a Xanax or something and one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever you're into there, buddy. I myself not not a big fan. What mm. else you got, amigo? All right, you ready for a road trip? I'm ready. All right, you can party at the Scream House on Halloween night. Uh, so basically, if you're into the Scream movies, this is an experience you won't want to miss. There's going to be a party Halloween night at the house. Uh, that was used in the original 1996 movie. Tickets are 200 bucks, and only 150 are available. Ugh. Also, you have to be in costume, but not necessarily a Scream costume. Someone actually lives in the house, but it's been rented out this weekend, and, or that weekend, and you can take selfies all over, like in the garage where Rose McGowan got taken out, or the bedroom where uh, Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich made sweet love, or the kitchen where the final moments play out. Oh, and there will be movies on VHS in the living room and Jiffy Pop on the stove. <laughs> of course, you'll have to be able to get you'll have to get to Tamales, California, about sixty miles north of San Francisco, because that's where the house is. That's not that far from here. Yeah, we could do it. I'm not paying 200 bucks. No, 200 bucks. That's and a plus, lot. 150 people in that house. Well, it's yeah, not they, a big they got house. The, the pool party. And... Right, but I, still, that wasn't a, a huge house. No, you no. know, you're going to be in there. Everybody's going to have their stupid <laughs> ghost face. Yeah, there's going to be some EDM going on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I w- I wouldn't mind driving by there and like if, if there was like a tour that I like a 10 minute tour. That I would be into. Oh, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. You know? But I'm not going to spend the night in there. I'm not going to hang out with 150 people in somebody's fucking kitchen. 
right? You know, that's my. <laughs> yeah. That's how I. Maybe I'm just too old. <laughs> I don't know. All right, what else you got, man? Uh, that's all I got. What do you got? Hey, are you ready for some more Joe Bob Briggs? Sure am. His Halloween Hoot Nanny is going to hit Shutter October 25th. Oh yeah, it's going to be another uh, Joe Bob's drive-in show where he does the movie marathon and offers his commentary. Very cool. Uh, no titles released yet. Not yet. Okay. Not, don't even know how many movies he's going to sh- he's going to run through. All right. But October 25th on the Shutter live feed is where you're going to find that. Wow. I'm going to check it out. I love yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm into that. Uh, you know James Wan. Oh, yeah. Do you know the name Dylan Dog? That sounds familiar. Sounds like a porn star. Okay, now not familiar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually, I guess it's a series of comic books, graphic novels. Huh. Uh, this dude, Dylan Dog, apparently is like a, I don't know, I've never read him myself, but it's like a supernatural type of deal. Where he hunts down and kills various uh, ghosts and werewolves and vampires and oh, things okay. like that. James Wan is now producing a live-action Dylan Dog uh, TV series. TV series? Horror-based, it says, whatever that means. Huh. Interesting. I'm into it. Yeah, I'll check it out. Uh, yeah, I mean... With, with the, I want to see a trailer. That's what I want to see. With the, uh, the, the loss of Supernatural, there's going to be a vacuum oh, that yeah. needs to be filled there. These uh, stay-at-home moms need, like, some hunky, shirtless dudes uh, chasing each other around, uh, probably in the noon to, to 1 o'clock hour on a, on a weekday. Oh, of course. You know, when, yeah, hu- yeah. when the husbands are at work uh-huh. and the kids are at school. And they grab a snack. And they grab a snack and, you know, lean up just so uh, against a dryer on uh-huh. a spin cycle. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know, man. It might be worth checking up. Have you seen a movie called The Gallows? Yeah. What'd you think of that? Uh, it wasn't bad. I didn't care for it myself. Yeah. Found footage. Uh, kids break into their high school theater because uh, it's haunted by this, uh, I guess it was a hangman type of a dude. Mm-hmm. The, the only thing that really stands out to me about that is that one of the chicks was screaming hot. Yes. And I found out later that was Kelly Ripa's daughter. Oh. Yeah. Other than that, I could take it or leave it, okay. the whole movie. Uh, the Gallows 2. Uh, clips are now up at Bloody Disgusting. If How's anybody, that look? I don't know. I didn't watch it because I didn't care for the first one. Oh. Uh, Ripa's daughter in it? I doubt it. I don't believe she survived the first movie. Yeah, I can't remember if she did or not. It was huh, a pretty okay. forgettable movie all the way around. It was another made-for-cheap found footage uh, ghosts in the old... Uh, that's a vacuum. That's what that is. Don't worry about <laughs> wow. that. Uh, ghosts in the old, uh, uh, you know, chasing the kids around mm-hmm. type of thing. I'm not, I'm not, you know, if the second yeah. one is better, I might revisit the first one. Right. Other than that, I'm not, I don't really care. Okay. One way or the other. Interesting. I don't know why I even brought that up. Uh, (laughs) Lauren Cohen. You know that name? Yeah. Maggie from The Walking Dead. Uh She is returning to The Walking Dead for season 11 as Maggie. Um, I don't know. I don't know where we left off with her. I believe she just walked off, right? At at one point. I don't know. I have no clue. Not me neither, but from what I understand, at some point she was like, fuck all this shit. And she just walked off by herself after Glenn died. Huh. I guess we're going to catch up with her in season 11 and find out what happened to her. Wow. Sounds like somebody's career didn't go the way that she had hoped. Right. She and, put out a couple movies. And, and they weren't all that hot. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, what, what was the one with the doll? Uh, the Boy. The Boy. Yeah. That actually wasn't that bad. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. But uh, now she's back. 
Yeah. I'm trying to think of that other one that she did, that other horror movie, but I can't remember. Yeah, whatever. <clears throat> Who cares? Whatever. If anybody's actually hmm. staying on top of The Walking Dead, you might be glad to hear that. Cool. Uh, does the name Isabel Furman ring any bells? Mm-hmm. You may remember her as the little girl in a movie called Orphan. Oh, yeah, yeah. She is now screaming hot. Oh, yeah? Have you seen The Cell with John Cusack? And, no, uh, I have not. She's in that one, too. Okay. And she's over 18 in that one, and she's screaming hot there. <laughs> and she has just been cast in Escape Room 2. Oh. And I'm hoping for, like, a shower type of a situation. Oh, yeah. Or some kind of a... <laughs> escape the bathroom. Escape uh, <laughs> un- from underneath your boyfriend type of a deal. I'm, maybe, like, a love scene. And we get get like a girl on girl thing going. I don't know. Oh. I don't, you know, I'm open. I'm open to whatever options are out there. <laughs> That's funny. So I'm excited for that. She's pretty hot, and she's right she's on. developed quite the uh, horror pedigree. Yeah, you know, she was uh, what's her name? Um, I mean, are you staying up on on that thing? You've seen the movie Orphan, right? Yeah. It is literally playing out in reality. I believe in Buffalo, New York, right now. Really? Yes. Are you're not familiar with this? Uh-uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna brief you, but then I'll show you pictures during the break. Okay. So this family adopts a little girl from the Ukraine, right? Named Natalia. Um, everything's cool for like a year or two. Then Natalia starts acting really weird. Um, the mom caught her trying to poison her coffee. Uh, they woke up several times with her like looming over them in their sleep, and things like that. Come to find out, Natalia, who they believe to be six years old, is actually 22 years old. Somehow, yeah, she's got that weird... It's almost exactly like that movie, The Orphan. Yeah. Right? So instead of like uh, having like a big knife fight in the kitchen, like in the movie, Uh they're like, okay, you're creeping us the fuck out. You're actually 22 years old. So they rent her her own apartment, and they said, hey, go live over there, and just leave us the fuck alone. We'll pay for the apartment. Just go. So she does that, and then uh, the, the family, the adoptees or adopters whatever you want to call them are now being charged with child neglect and endangerment for doing this because doctors can't figure out how old this chick is this natalia the orphan the adopter adoptee Uh and uh now she's gone completely missing she's just vanished so now everybody's thinking that she was actually a ukrainian spy this is a real thing dude i'm not making this up is that bizarro or what? That is really bizarre. It's like the, the, almost the exact plot of the movie yeah. Orphan, except yeah. I don't think at any point uh, the real little girl tried to suck the dad's dick like in the movie. Right. Or she might have. We just didn't hear about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which way they're going with this, dude. It's creepy. It's weird how life imitates art sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the plot of Orphan was so outlandish, you'd think, oh, that was entertaining and i didn't see the twist but whatever right and now here we are 12 years later in buffalo new york and the shit is really happening that's so weird yeah and like uh they had to call in all these forensic scientists to get take like bone samples from her to try to figure out her real age and uh in the meantime the couple that adopted natalia have uh divorced and the dad is saying no she's just a real she's a real little girl uh the mom is just crazy and they were always fighting and now she's trying to pull this shit so it's it's weird, it's a it's wow. a it's like a soap opera, but now the chick the little girl is completely vanished and nobody knows where she is. Probably murdered. Probably uh, went back to the Ukraine with valuable state secrets. I say I I like the spy thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I like I like to think she was a spy. I whatever I don't know. All right, that's it for the horror news there. 
and my uh, deviant fantasies. <laughs> Let's get into a little listener mail there, buddy. Yeah. Listener mail. Let's start it off in uh, Bakersfield, California. Here comes Tony. Hey, Tony. Uh, subject line votes. Give me that hot mummy because she's hot. I like that. <laughs> I like the way you think there, Tony. And give me that bitches from the craft. Tony is a pimpin' at this, this wow. week, isn't he? <laughs> All right there, Tony. Uh, I'm going to guess the cannibals only think of two things, eating girls and fucking. Nev Campbell can lure the cannibals with her DSL right into some witch trap. I agree. I agree with that. Also, Into the Tall Grass was better than okay. I'm not smart, but once it was explained to me, it kind of made more sense and was better. It was kind of like the ruins meets mother. Until next time, Tony. Thanks for writing in, Tone. Uh, In the Tall Grass... Should we wait for this one? Probably. Yeah, yeah, just never mind. We'll get to that in the, here in the immersion therapy there, Tom. We got a voicemail here from the Dirty South. It's uh, the lament configuration of people that call into the podcast. Here comes Alan. Cha-cha. Padded room, what's up? It's what's the big up, pop-up Alan? pump of people that call into your Woo! podcast. Very indeed, I hope you're feeling better. I am. Um, that was gnarly, man. Anyway, yeah, it was bad. Uh, hope everybody's <laughs> doing good. I know yeah. you gave us extra week for the Terradome. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You betcha. That is my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, I love the franchise. I'm excited about the season of Saw. But yeah, like I said, I hope you're feeling better, man. I hope the rest of everybody else is feeling good. That's all I got. Y'all have a great one. Bye. All right. Thanks, Alan. Well, thanks, Alan. I'm okay. Uh, Monica, not so much. Uh, I'm great. Buddy's good. (laughs) We're going to see if we can't get him sick this week. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's the season of the saw here in the Padded Room uh, Podcasting Network. I hope you're liking it. Yeah, we're getting. Maybe. I'm trying. We're trying to do a deep dive into the Sawyer family lore here on the the Padded Room podcast. I know mm-hmm. Tim and Jaleesa are taking the Hewitt family. I got the shock treatment crew coming in for some of the, um, shall we say, more questionable titles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, man, I hope you're digging it. I like it. I'm a, I'm a Texas Chainsaw kind of a guy. You know, mm-hmm. I know I usually vote against them in the Terradome. But that's not because I don't enjoy the movies. It's because he's silly. They're kind of they're kind of they're they're, reta- they're retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry. I guess I use that word. Uh, they're slow. I guess I should say or uh, not right. <laughs> they're window lickers. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how, how best to explain them. But that that that's what's going on. I'm they're, sorry. They're chainsaw dancers. That's what they are. That's exactly what they are. That sh- that should be a, a title. You are a chainsaw dancer, sir. So what I'm going to start calling the morons that I work with. <laughs> Why don't you go dance with a chainsaw, you fucking moron? All right, that's all we got on the on the uh, listener mail this week, buddy. Do you have anything for Alan or uh, Tony? 
Uh, thank you guys for calling and writing in. <laughs> yes, and if uh, I know most people didn't write or call in this week because last week was a short show, that's my fault because I got sick. Mm-hmm. And really, I probably should have just canceled the show altogether, but I hate doing that, so I didn't. And therefore, you get a half a show. That's right. And I am sorry, but I feel better now. And there, there you go. There. So All right. There. So there. All right. Uh, you know, How about you? Hey, well, yeah. I'm going to take a quick look at the old junk mail folder, make sure we didn't miss anybody. And nothing, buddy. Are you ready to get into the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Let's do it. Let's get it on. Yeah. That's right, inmates. We're talking about the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1973. This one stars Marilyn Burns, Gunnar Hansen, and Alan Danziger. Um, It's a common misconception that this movie is based on... Well, I mean, it is based on a true story. But I think the common misconception is that the events portrayed in this film are as they actually happen in real life, which is not true. Right. The true story in this case is the story of Ed Gein, the Wisconsin guy werewolf he had a lot of different names in the media he was he was not uh, are you familiar with ed gein yeah. at all so he dug up his mom and he wore her as a skin suit and he he murdered two women just two um pot he may have also murdered his brother but that's a whole other story um gnarly type of a dude what what was so creepy about ed gein and what translated into this movie i think so well was that weird um, <clears throat> Martha Stewart, uh, kind of DIY arts and crafts shit. Yeah, that was going on around the house. Now it's one thing if you're making yourself a skin suit. I don't understand that. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing if you're uh, decorating your entire you know living quarters with like weirdo uh, chairs and. Uh, Things that hang from the ceiling, like wind chimes, kind yeah, of a deal. Bone chimes, bones, and fuck, dude. That stuff's got a. That stuff carries an odor. Am I? I would assume it carries an I odor. Know. I don't know for sure. 
don't think it would. Maybe at first. Well, eventually you just stop smelling it because oh, you're yeah. a disgusting. Yeah, get used to it. You're a disgusting <laughs> bastard, and uh, that's that's what happens. Anyway, uh, so that's that's the true story behind this, and it's funny because this movie actually opens up with a um, not necessarily a disclaimer, but like a uh, a monologue by John Larroquette explaining about the you know how this is all a true story, and these four five U's were out for an idyllic drive on a Texas afternoon and it turned into a nightmare. And if you're watching this when you're four years old, like I was, you're fucking a, you are certain that there is a leather face. Right. And he is out there somewhere and he's going to, at some point get a hankering for a four year old boy from Reno, Nevada. And he's probably going to get in his, his van and head your way at any moment. Mm -hmm. Dude, but John Larroquette has that like like almost an authoritarian voice, one of those voices that just says, "Hey, when he's serious, hey, I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me and believe everything I say." Fucking a, I will. Right, and I'll scare the shit out of me for give me nightmares probably until I hit puberty. Yeah, Jesus Christ, and not want to pick up any hitchhikers and all that. Hey, Aaron's in the house. Yeah, don't pick up. Why would you? What's up, Aaron? Hey, why Aaron. Would, why would you pick up a hitchhiker to begin with? Right. All right, we're going to get to that in a second. Oh, so it's hot outside. Fucking, it's, yeah, it is. That's why I'm not opening, oh, go fuck yourself. That guy's, uh, don't even get me on the, the smells of that dude. Oh, okay? right. And what he's going to do to your upholstery when he comes in. Hmm. Boner, uh, eggplant boner for Renee, Tony says. Mm-hmm. I agree. She's actually, she's had some work done, Tony. I don't know if you've seen her recently, but she I think she's still relatively attractive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't seen her recently. Uh, oh. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, 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 she doesn't look like she used to. I'll tell you that. Okay. All right, enough about Renee Zellweger. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Texas Chainsaw. So we open up with this uh, monologue slash disclaimer from John Larroquette. Very authoritative. Very. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. You're in grave danger if you're watching this movie because mm-hmm. there's a guy out there with another guy's face on and a chainsaw. Um, from there, we're going to jump into our story. So we we start off with a radio broadcast. Uh, that we're listening to over some flashbulb pictures being taken of dead bodies. And this is where we get that iconic twang sound. Yeah. That sound is... Be- dwang. That sound is now... You did it better than I did. Uh, that sound is now synonymous with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And if I played you that sound right now, you'd be like, oh, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, regardless, we, we see that, and then we get this radio broadcast of a... Uh, Discovery made somewhere in rural Texas of some dead bodies that were dug up, desecrated, and wired into a weird uh, kind of work of art, I guess you'd call it, mm-hmm. like a monument thing going on. And it's it's cre- And then we actually get to see this fucking thing. It's basically a dead guy holding another dead guy's head, and he's like straddling a tombstone, and that there, there you go. That's what you got right there, and that's creepy, and that's... Who has time for that shit? No. Somebody that lives in rural Texas that uh, doesn't actually have a job, doesn't have a job, doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't oh, have yeah. internet access, or kids, or kids, or pets that they oh, yeah. haven't already eaten, and really has nothing better to do with their time other than dig up dead people and pose them in weird geometric type of things. So loner. A loner. Well, not really. I mean, you probably well, family. I guess. You, well, yeah, you probably need a crew. 
to get that kind of work done. Oh, yeah. Especially in like one night, mm-hmm. which I assume you have to do. I think they lay out like an assembly line? No. No. What, <laughs> what you got to do, you got you could probably have like your digging crew and then you have like an art guy who's like, okay, I want this dead guy over there and then I want like for the juxtaposition, we're going to have a dead head, like a head over here. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to, he's, he's like the idea man, the concept oh, yeah. man. And then from there, you're going to have like a color coordinator who wants to match the palettes. <laughs> You know, it's a whole thing, dude. It's a production. It's it's almost like interpretive art in a yeah. weird way. Uh, so it's nasty. So that's where we start. From there, we're going to pick up with our kids. Five of them in a hot, stinky van in the tech, the Texas desert uh, in what I assume to be summer. So you can imagine the temperatures are probably getting up there. And as the radio broadcast just told us, it's now widespread news that this particular cemetery has been desecrated and people are coming to the cemetery to check on their interred loved ones to make sure that they haven't been fucked with. Uh, so that's exactly what our kids are doing. They're headed to the cemetery to check on one of the young lady's grandfathers who's buried in said cemetery. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to meet some of these kids. Uh, we got yeah. we, we got a, a cast of fucking fuckheads in this van, <laughs> uh-huh. for lack of a better term. Monica's in the house. Hey, Monica! That would be the Padded Room family. Hi, guys. I made it. Thanks, Monica. Um, dude, Monica, if you wanted to go to a cemetery to make sure that your uh, grandfather had not been dicked with uh, post-mortem, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Sure. I got Yeah. You want to do it on a Saturday or Friday or Saturday? I'm, I'm happy to join you. Uh, maybe we could do it like, you know, we'll stop at some bars or something, though, because these kids look miserable. Uh, now, let's talk about our kids for a second. We got mm-hmm. five of them. Uh, three guys, two girls. The guys, the, the, well, actually, it's two couples and then the brother of one of the young ladies. So yeah. couple number one comprises of Jerry, who's driving the van, and Sally, Sally Hardesty. Now, let's go back to uh, the prequel for a second now. Okay. Sally Hardesty. Last name Hardesty. You'll recognize that if you were really paying attention last week when we did Leatherface the guy at the very beginning that was driving his date down the country road yep. when the kid was uh, in the pig cow costume thing, that was Ted Hardesty. Ted Hardesty is whose grave we're going to visit right now at the beginning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sally's grandfather. The whole lineages mm-hmm. are coming together here, baby dolls. Hang with us. We're going to unwrap the whole shit. So uh we're going to visit Ted Hardesty's grave who we'll recognize from last week's movie. Well, we won't cuz he's buried and luckily he wasn't one of the guys to get fucked with. Right. But we get to the cemetery and the first thing we're going to we're going to recognize, well actually before we get to the cemetery, there's a very ridiculous scene that needs addressing real quick. Um so they pull over because Franklin has to urinate. Now Franklin uh is wheelchair bound and he's a bit overweight, all right? I'll just come out and say mm-hmm. it. Uh, which is like a double deuce of uh, not going to be able to do shit in this movie. So they wheel him out of the van. Now, this is 1973. They don't have handicap accessible vans. So right. what they have to do is stop, open the sliding door, put two uh, two-by-fours down, and then wheel his ass down, and then that's where he goes to the bathroom. Now, it's a funny thing. You can't fat shame. I'm not fat shaming, <laughs> Tony. I'm just stating a fact. He was overweight. And... You can blame that on whatever you want, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying it made him a bad guy, but it's worth noting because... He was a big guy. He's a big dude, and he, <laughs> that's going to lead to some problems down the line here, Tony. So I'm sorry if uh, that uh, 
Well, actually, I'm not sorry. Who gives a shit? Anyway, uh, now there's a funny thing that used to happen in movies pre, I don't know, 1999 or I don't know. You could probably, actually, you could probably still find this little gimmick in movies today. It's when filmmakers need something to happen, but the writers can't find a way to make it happen and make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very prevalent in this movie and certain other horror movies. So what we need to happen here is we need to express the fact that Franklin is indeed handicapped and that he's going to be a pain in the ass for the rest of the movie. So we need to have him fall down. Now, the way we do this, and we can't really find a way to do it, so we just have a truck drive by, and then we get a bunch of smash cuts really fast, and then Franklin's rolling down the hill. Yeah, it doesn't explain how that even happened. No, and it doesn't make any sense. No. Had Franklin never seen a truck before in his life, and he was taken aback by this metal monstrosity? (laughs) Now, if you want another example of this, look no further than The Hills Have Eyes, the original. In which point there was a uh, a car accident that took place because the driver saw an airplane. Right. Airplane drives by. And then boom. How does that work? How does that make sense? It's it, it doesn't. But this is a trick that filmmakers used back in the early 70s to just kind of say, man, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. So Franklin rolls down a hill while he's trying to take a leak into a coffee can, and uh, everybody has to chase him down, and now we know that Franklin is indeed handicapped. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to cut to our cemetery, cemetery where we're going to find out whether or not Granddad has been fucked with. Um, so now the sheriffs are there. There's like a whole crime scene. And uh, this is where we're going to meet our pre-Crazy Ralph, Crazy Ralph. Um, now, this is before Crazy Ralph from Friday the 13th, but we have a very Crazy Ralph-esque figure. And uh, we're not going to get too deep into him or what his problem is, other than to say he's drunk, and I mean super drunk, Oh yeah, in a cemetery probably 10 to 11 a.m. in the morning. Uh, now, some of you are thinking this guy's a loser. I think he's a champion. Yeah, I think that's where I want to be going. at some point. My, <laughs> I want to find myself hammered in a cemetery. I'd like to think I, in the morning. well. I'd like to think <laughs> that I would call it quits before the sun came up, <laughs> right? Or somebody would drive me home at some day. Man, you're <laughs> hammered. We got to get you out of here. But this dude is just—he's sitting in a tire for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and this is not like a, uh, a college kid. This dude's probably like in his uh, probably sixties or mm-hmm. something like that. So winning uh he's like you laugh at an old man but there's them who laughs and them who knows better and i like to think that that dude was actually hammered because if he wasn't he did a hell of a job of acting hammered right uh regardless they go they check on their grand their grandfather he's fine uh from there they're taken off uh they stop to get gas at a gas station now funny thing about this gas station if you're a real Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, psychopath, you can go to this gas station today in Texas. It's owned by Ari Lerman. Lehman. Lehman or Lerman. And you may recognize that name. you recognize that name at all? Sounds familiar. Ari Lerman, uh, <laughs> he, is, he plays the guitar in a reggae band. Do you, do you, are you familiar? Do you remember the guitar? The guitar? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's like a guitar. Prince, Prince had like a few. He probably played. did. It's like a guitar, but instead of strings, it's got like piano keys. Piano keys, yeah. Which, whatever, in a reggae band, 
And his claim to fame in the horror community is that he was the kid that jumped out of the lake in uh, the original Friday the 13th movie. And that's like his big cash in. Uh, His music sucks. And I think he also makes salsa. He's got like a salsa company. And he's now part owner of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre gas station. Uh, which is now like a horror hotspot. You can go there. I think they have a hotel there or something. Anyway, these kids stop at the gas station where we meet Drayton Sawyer. Mm-hmm. You'll remember him from Leatherface also. Now, here's here's one of the problems I have. And I guess this would be more of a problem with Leatherface than it would be the orig- original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In this movie, Drayton Sawyer is a bit of a pussy. Um, he does a good job of... Uh, well, we're going to see some pretty cool broom combat. Oh, yeah. yeah. He can he can knock the shit out of somebody with a broom, <laughs> was, uh, which is pretty silly, actually. <laughs> um, but other than that, in this movie, he is a bit of a pussy, for lack of a better term. Um, explains later that he just doesn't have a stomach for killing. Uh, in the previous film, Leatherface, he was, like, shredded, and he was stabbing cops, and he was mm-hmm. fucking some shit up. So, obviously, that's more on Leatherface than it is on the Texas Chainsaw Master because the character was designed to be a cook, as Nubbins will get into later. Right. All right, so let's, let's pick back up with our kids. They, uh, they go to the gas station. Unfortunately, this particular gas station, completely out of gas. Drayton Sawyer himself comes out, and he's like, I ain't got no gas, man. I'm sorry. Uh, come back later this afternoon or tomorrow, and we can hook you up. And they're like, ah, fuck, man. Well, we can't make it back to our hometown without gas. So what they decide to do instead is that Sally and Franklin, their father owns a house nearby. So they're going to go up there and check it out. used to be their grandfather, Ted Hardesty's house. And Sally and Franklin would stay there periodically as they were kids. So they're going to go check it out. The place is a ruin. Now, Drayton tries to talk them out of it, which, again, is a bit of a writing plot hole because when we get into... How things work around here, it doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. If anything, you'd think he'd be like, you guys should go up, check, up that, check out that house. Mm-hmm. But he tries to talk them out of it. They don't listen, of course. So off to the house they go. They get there. Um, well, actually, before they get there, they pick up a hitchhiker. Yeah. And this is where things get a bit janky. Now, let's talk about this hitchhiker for a minute. Yeah. If you watched Leatherface, mm-hmm. you'll notice that one of the kids in the opening sequence had a birthmark on his face. Um, you only get to see it for a second, but it is prominently displayed. It was the kid that was wearing a Confederate soldier hat and the birthmark ran like from his eye all the way down to his cheek and like a weird stripe. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're watching this movie, you'll immediately recognize the exact same birthmark on our hitchhiker. Uh, the hitchhiker is never identified in this film, although in Leatherface he was referred to as Nubbins. I don't know where what nubbins means or where yeah, it came know. from. And I think the, the name was only used once or twice throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But nubbins gets into the car, and uh, he's a bit of a nutsack. He's a bit of a... Uh, he's special. I think he would have done great at like an open mic night or something like that. <laughs> like if he... If he, I mean, he had a solid routine. Yeah. If yeah. he could have like honed it into a, a tight five minutes... He would have been on fire. Uh, They pick him up because they feel sorry for him and because it's morbidly hot outside and they're afraid he's going to die. So uh, they pick him up. He gets in and they're like, oh, look at this fucking guy. He looks like he just walked out of a graveyard. He's got the crazy birthmark on his face and everybody's like, 
How's it going, dude? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we picked up the wrong guy. <laughs> so come to find out, uh, Franklin starts asking him about the local slaughterhouse because apparently Franklin has some knowledge of slaughterhouses and Nubbins is like, yeah, I used to work there. That They, they, they put a lot of people out of work when they move from the sledgehammer to the air gun and shit like that. Um, it's... It's like, uh, it's awkward, to say the least. Yeah. And I imagine this dude stinks, also. I love the hitchhiker. You love the, uh, that makes sense, Monica. That's looks, yeah, that's like yeah. somebody you would probably date. So that <laughs> yeah. makes perfect sense. You'd be like, ooh, you want to take my picture? Oh, look at my boobs. <laughs> ooh. Oh, I have a knife, too. Whooshing. Anyway, um, so that's pretty gnarly. He gets in there, and the, the first he regales him with his experiences of uh, working at the slaughterhouse. He's got a camera around his neck along with a weird pouch. Yeah. Now, if you're paying attention, you'll recognize the camera is very old school and probably the kind that has the winding flash that would make the sound that we heard at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not paying attention, then he's going to whip out some... Polaroid pictures or whatever these fucking things are, and they're all of slaughtered cows that he's pretty proud of. And he's like, I, I was a killer. Look look at this. And they're passing these pictures around. They're all of mutilated cows. Yeah. <coughs> all getting grossed out, too. Yeah. So they're like, ah, great, perfect. So we get a, another uncomfortable silence, and Franklin takes out his pocket knife and starts, like, picking his nails with it. So Nubbins snatches his knife away from him, and he's like, eh. Ah, that's a pretty good knife. And then he, like, cuts into his hand and, like, starts bleeding. And everybody's like, oh, fuck. So one of the other guys, Kirk, is like, Franklin, get the knife back, you crazy bitch. So he takes the knife back, and then he's like, yeah, yeah. And then Nubbins pulls out his own knife, which is a shaving razor. And he's like, I have this knife. It's a good knife. You like this knife? And everybody's like, yeah, it's great. It's great. Great knife you got there. Why don't you just uh, go ahead and put it away or mm-hmm. put that, get, get it out of my face, dude. It's so like a barber knife. Oh, yeah, it was like a shaving razor. Yeah. So that's pretty freaky. And then they're like, uh, okay, well, I, th- I think we're going to drop you off. And he's like, uh, you guys like head cheese? My brother makes it real good. And he starts describing the process of making head cheese, which to our tree-loving friends in the van is a little disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're like, okay, we're going to drop you off, man. And he's like, just take me home. It's, it's real close. And they're like, well, if it's that close, you can just walk, right? And he's like, no, just take me home. We're going to make have, have head cheese. You guys can stay for dinner. Like, hey, we're going to let you go. He's like, ah, pulls out his camera and he starts like, I'm going to take a picture. And then he takes a picture of Franklin, uh, pulls the picture out and he's like, here's a picture. It's a good picture. You can pay me now $2. And everybody's like, don't pay that fucking guy. You didn't ask to have your picture taken. And that picture sucks. Yeah, it's all blurry. It's all fucked up. <laughs> so that pisses Nubbins right off. Instead of like eating the picture, he decides he's going to put some black powder on it and blow it up right there in the middle of the van. So Van goes like, you know, all that shit. And everybody's like, get him the fuck out of here. He just blew up a picture. So Jerry pulls the van over. Nubbins goes out and they go taking off. And this is where we get the first, but not the last, use of the raspberry in this movie. This movie should have gotten an award for most creative use of the raspberry. You don't see raspberries that much anymore. Do you even know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. The raspberry. My son gives that to me on a regular basis. Daddy, I'm going to give you a raspberry. So that's what he does as the van's driving away, and he wipes a bunch of blood on the back of it, so that's pretty gnarly too. 
Now they get to the uh, ruins of the Hardesty estate. Uh, it's all fucked up, man. There's uh, vines and ivy growing all over it. It's it's a ruin, pretty much. They get in there. Uh, Franklin's a little freaked out about what just happened, and he's all pissed off. And he, as he should be, because he's in a wheelchair. We're in rural Texas, and this is not like a handicap-accessible place at all it's not like it it's not even paved it's mostly dirt and the place is falling apart around them so our two couples do as they want to do uh go off separate and go off to find places to have sex Mm uh franklin had mentioned a swimming creek not too far away so kirk and pam they come down they're like hey franklin where's that that swimming creek and he's like if i have any i can't find no, it's going to be fun. If I have any more fun, I don't think I can take it. Man. Well, it's it's down behind those two sheds. Just go on down there. Fra- okay. Let's talk about Franklin for a minute. Sourpuss. Uh, can you blame him? Okay, here's my problem. I have a couple of problems with Franklin. Number one, I mean... Would you- Besides the obvious. He's a bit of a whiner, mm-hmm. and every I feel like every road trip has somebody that wants to complain about shit, Yeah, and he makes that known from the get-go. It's too hot. That guy's crazy. Oh, I'm going to asphyxiate. Oh, God. What am I in a wheelchair? Oh, Sally! 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 All right, dude. All right. I'm assuming that we invited you out of obligation because your grandfather's whose grave we're going to see. Right. I understand that. Now, at this point, you have to ask yourself, hey, is it worth it? I'm in a wheelchair. This is not going to be fun for me, and it's going to be four times less fun for everybody else because they now have to cart me around, my fat ass, mind you, around in my wheelchair into this non-handicap accessible van, and now they want to take me into this ruin of a house up a dirt road. I'm probably going to have to go down to this creek, which is down a trail, in my wheelchair. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I don't need to, I don't need to, you just come back, tell me what you found at grandpa's grave. We'll call it even. Not Franklin, though. He wants to ruin everybody's day. And that's exactly what he does. Starting right now. (laughs) Well, actually, probably starting at the beginning of the movie. movie. Yeah. (laughs) So he's in there. Oh, I can't take any more fun. (laughs) Sally, Sally. Uh, all right, whatever, dude. So Pam and Kurt go off to find this swimming hole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's like down a creek. I'd put it maybe a quarter mile away. They get down there. The hole has dried up. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not swimming here. But as they're farting around the uh, big hole in the ground, like, what? hey, what, you hear that? You hear that sound? So they go walking. They continue along the trail, and it takes them to another house. And inside the house, they can hear a generator running. It's so, a generator. So they're like, oh, let's go check out. Maybe they can help us out. Maybe they got gas. Gas, I'm sure. So they go to the old house. They don't see anybody, but they find the generator, and there's a big vat of gas dumping into the generator. So they're like, well, they clearly have gas. I'll give them a couple bucks. We'll go get some more gas. We'll come back. I'll give them a couple more bucks. Mm -hmm. Everything will be good. So they start hanging around the old house. They knock on the door. Nobody answers. A tooth. They find a tooth on the porch. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it, about as far as we're going, babe. Yeah, it's time to check out. Yeah. But they hang out anyway. Jer- or, uh, Kirk keeps banging on the door. Eventually, he knocks on the door, and the door creaks open. So he goes inside. Hello. Okay, let's talk about the inside of this house for a second here. <laughs> now, uh, 
I'm all for breaking and entering, but not this fucking place. No. Nope. And if I was breaking and entering, I would take one look around and say, bye bye. Yeah. I will uh, take my wares and my need for gas somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, dude, animal skulls hanging all over the walls. Uh, like domesticated animals, too, like dogs and cats and chickens yeah. and cows. Not like hunting trophies. Uh, I can only imagine what the inside of this place smells like. Not good, I'm sure of that. Mm-mm. Uh, but he's like, hey, anybody in here? He starts walking down this hallway where it was, there's a bunch of animal skulls. He's like, hey, I got some money for gas. And then, of course, Leatherface pops out, hits him in the head with a hammer, and drags him back. It, goodbye. There goes Kurt. Uh, outside, Pam is kind of hanging around a porch swing, and she's like, mm, I'm going to go. Kurt, where are you? Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. So she goes inside looking for Kurt. Uh, she gets inside, starts looking around. It makes it to what I would call the kitchen area. A fine layer of feathers all over this place. Yeah. What the fuck is going... Are they just, like, opening pillows? Did they have a pillow fight the night before or something? <laughs> I, I hope not. They were chasing pigeons trying to kill it. Uh, they, were doing, they, were, <laughs> they were doing the Rocky Balboa training is what they were doing. Yeah. You got you to catch the chicken, Rock. Um, so just feathers everywhere. Human bones, clearly human, human bones, bones yeah. fashioned into furniture hanging from the ceiling. We, a weird situation where they have a chicken in a cage dangling from the ceiling. What the fuck is that all about? Is the that one? Uh, yeah. Is there, <laughs> is there a reason for that? I don't know. Are they, I mean, I imagine they're going to kill it and eat it. It's, some, it's a message chicken. You know what? We're going to put it, put you in the ceiling. <laughs> so she starts throwing up because this place is gross. Uh, Leatherface hears her, comes out. Gra- she makes it actually makes it out the front door, but then he grabs her from behind, pulls her back in, hangs her on a meat hook while she's still alive. Man. Boom! That's pretty gnarly. Right in her back. Yes, and then she just kind of gets to dangle there while she gets to watch uh, Leatherface cut up Kirk, which is pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to cut back to the rest of the guys. Sun's starting to set now. G- g- coming around nighttime. We got Jerry... Uh, Sally and Franklin back at the van. Jerry's like, oh, God, what the fuck are those guys doing? You know what? Where's that old swimming hole? I'm going to go down there and get them. Mm-hmm. So Franklin tells Jerry. Jerry goes down there, finds there is no swimming hole, continues along the trail, ends up at the exact same house. Uh, walks around, knocks on the door a few times. Nobody answers. She's like, come on, are you guys goofing on me? What the hell? Eventually grows a pair and goes inside, meets with the same fate as the other two, gets hit in the head with uh, the, the sledgehammer, and then we get, in case we didn't already know, we get kind of an almost endearing scene with Leatherface in which he is stalking around the kitchen trying to find his chainsaw, which is sitting two feet in front of him on a table. And, I mean, well, you know, we, we could already make our assumptions as to his mental state at this point and what degree of intelligence he has, obviously, but now we know for sure. And that's cool. I get it. That's what we need to establish here. Right. All right, so that that completely sucks. We're now three kids down, two to go. Cut back. It's now nightfall. Cut back to the van. Sally and Franklin are there, and they're having a bit of a pissing match about who's going to hold the flashlight and who's going to go look for Jerry. Um, I got I got to side with uh, with Sally on this one. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with you, Sally. Come on, take me with Seriously? you. Seriously. She's like, dude, I can, it's a trail and it's mostly downhill. I can't push you in a fucking wheelchair down the, the hill the hilly trail. Right. So I don't know. I'm so, you're gonna have to stay here. Give me the flashlight. I'll go find him. We'll be out of here in no time. 
no, I'm going to go with you. You don't leave me here. I'm going to go with you. So reluctantly, she agrees. They both go down the trail uh, through all the thickets and the brush and the bushes and all that shit. Um, I would have pushed him over. I would have just left him. <laughs> you want to you wanna follow me? Go ahead. See how, see how fast yeah. you can run or wheel in that right. thing through the Texas desert, you crazy bitch. Uh, let's go. So they both go. She's pushing him like through the trail and the bushes and the trees. He's getting whacked in the face with branches and all that shit. And uh, as they're going, they're yelling for Jerry. Jerry, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, of course, is already dead. Uh, at one point, Leatherface just pops out of the bushes and revs the chainsaw, kills Franklin on the spot. Thank Christ for that. I had already had about enough of that. Gives him like a, a once down the middle. And then, like a couple, like a I don't know, I don't know what he was going for, like an I think he was doing like an ice sculpture yeah. on Franklin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally freaks right out. She goes hauling ass. Uh, big chase. Had through. to be careful because he's a lot of meat. He is, and you could do a lot. You could you could probably feed the family for a good couple days on yeah. that guy. Uh, Sally goes hauling ass through the woods and the brushes and the bushes and all that shit. She's getting slapped in the face with tree branches. Leatherface is chasing her. He's got the smoke coming out of the engine of the chainsaw. Uh, she sees some lights off in the distance, so she goes running towards them. Uh, unfortunately, it's the exact same house that everybody else went to to die. Yeah. So she goes in there. She slams the door, locks it. Um, Leatherface is behind her. She goes hauling ass upstairs. Leatherface uh, decides to... Okay, okay. So, again, we're dealing with somebody who's not playing with a full deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of just cutting out, like, the, the lock of the door, he decides he's going to road map it and just keep going and just... Why not? He goes fucking nuts on this door <laughs> with the chainsaw. He's cutting, like, grooves and whittling things into it and shit. sculpting. Oh, went berserko <laughs> on the door. The real victim of this movie is that door. The door, yeah. Uh, so or eventually, fuck yeah, he gets in, he chases her upstairs, she jumps out of a second story window and hauls ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes running downstairs and starts chasing her. She's got a bit of a lead on him now. She's going through the, the Texas woods and all that, everything's cool. Uh, gets smacked in the face with a tree ban- branch and knocked down, which allows Leatherface to catch up to her. Mm-hmm. He's right on her ass when she sees some more lights in the distance. So she goes running that way. Goes back to the original gas station that they started at at the beginning. Yeah. Goes running in there. Help me, help me, help me. Now, okay, Drayton is there. He lets her in. And if you're watching this movie for the first time, you got to say something is fishy here. Right. Because Leatherface just disappears as soon as she hits the gas station. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gets in there. She gets in there. And she's like, oh, you got to help me. Some shit's going on. He's chasing me. He killed all my friends. (coughs) I didn't mean to cough on you. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Face the other way. <laughs> uh, so, but Leatherface immediately disappears. Drayton's like, oh, oh, what's going on? Your, kid, your friends are, okay, uh, I don't have a phone, but let me get my truck and I'll drive you to the next town and we'll go to the police police uh, precinct. Mm-hmm. So he leaves. While he's gone, uh, she's like, oh, don't leave me. But while he's gone, she's looking around and she's looking at all the barbecue they have for sale. And she's yeah. like... Where are they getting all this meat from, I wonder? This is kind of freaky. And he's gone for like a good five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, the truck pulls up to the front door. So she's like, oh, thank God. Let's get out of here. When he comes back in, he's got rope in one hand and a gunny sack in the other. 
Hmm. That's bad news right there. I don't yeah. know what he has in mind with the rope and the gunny sack, but I'm not interested at all. <laughs> Come here, you wasky wabbit. Well, get the fuck out. I'm not... Whatever the the game is that you want to play with the rope and the gunny sack, not interested. Go fuck yourself. Oh, come on. We're going to go to the... She's like, dude. So she picks up a knife, like a big one, like a carving knife. And she's like, motherfucker, come near me. I'm going to stick you right in the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably, in my opinion, the funniest part of the whole movie. <laughs> Drayton picks up a broom and just starts whacking her with the broom. It was. It was really funny. And, <laughs> and he's got a smile on his face the whole time. He's like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And she's like trying to fight him off with the knife. It takes all of 13 seconds before she's disarmed and on the ground being broom whacked. Uh, and he, I mean, in his defense, he does a pretty good number on her with the broom because he at one point breaks the broom off, like snaps it in half. So he was... Probably oh, yeah. putting some fucking horsepower into that, but still, man, it's a it's a fucking broom. I know. You know what? Well, you you got a broom. I got a knife. You got a broom, and you're not even hitting me with the broom stick. You're hitting me with the bristles. The bristles. I'll yeah. Fucking get away, you piece of shit. Really, a good SWAT would would take care of that. I don't, whatever. I don't. Right. You can just grab a hold of it. Yeah, just give me that fucking thing. <laughs> Hit me with a broom. That is rude. Yeah, right. Don't come, <laughs> don't insult me like don't, that. Hey, <laughs> go back outside, find a crowbar or a tire iron. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wait right come here. Come back with a real I weapon. demand some respect. If you're going <laughs> to attack right. me, you don't come in here with a broom, sir. <laughs> I might be a girl, but come on. I am formidable. <laughs> Get a gun or something. <laughs> Shit. Come in here with a broom. Anyway, uh, so he disarms her. Uh, at one point, she falls down after being broom whacked. He smashes her head against the floor and knocks her out. Uh, at that point, while she's unconscious, he uh, binds her, gags her, and puts the gunny sack over her head, mm-hmm. takes her out to the truck, and throws her in the, the, the passenger seat of the truck. Uh, he starts driving. Now, at this point, we know that Drayton's in on the game. Even if we were watching this for the first time, because why isn't he taking her to the police? Why did he put her in a gunny sack mm-hmm. and gag her? All right, fair enough. So we probably already know where we're going, which is back to yep. the uh, the insane old Martha Stewart house. <laughs> so he's driving, and as he's doing so, he's still got the broken broomstick, and he's like poking her with it. But as he's poking her with it, he's telling her that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Oh, you just calm down now. You, nobody's going to hurt you. Whack, whack, whack. And then he like calms down for a minute. And he's like, everything's going to be fine. You just, you just play it cool and you won't get hurt. Which is kind of weird. But Drayton's a weird dude, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, get to the house. As we're pulling up into the driveway, we see somebody kind of half-ass... Like break dancing, I guess, in a weird way, down the driveway. And as soon as he gets into the the headlights, we're going to realize it's Nubbins, yeah. the hitchhiker. So Drayton gets out, and he immediately starts beating and berating Nubbins. <laughs> I told you, damn kids, to stay out of there. You almost got caught at Duke's place. He's now he's hitting Nubbins with the the broomstick. Broom. Boom, boom, boom. And Nubbins is like, ah, you fucking old bastard. Uh, once they get up to the house proper. He gets out, and they start walking, and then he sees what Leatherface did to the door. Look what your brother did to the door, that son of a bitch. They go inside, and here comes Leatherface, who I should mention probably probably has at least 100 pounds on both Nubbins and Drake, (laughs) and is batshit crazy, with a chainsaw, holding, uh, you know, 
wearing somebody else's face. So down comes Leatherface, and Drayton starts beating and berating Leatherface also. What did you do to the goddamn door, you son <laughs> cowards? Leatherface is, like, backing down, like, woo, woo, woo. Dude, whatever. Now, this isn't going to make a lot of sense here in about five minutes, but we'll get to that in a second. So uh, eventually they get Sally tied up, and she's, like, hogtied, and they take the gag out, and she starts to regain consciousness. And uh, they're telling her what's going on. Uh, Nubbins is giving her a good what for. Yeah, I thought you was in a hurry. You were in a hurry. You couldn't take me home. <laughs> they're batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Drayton gives the, uh, the command to go get Grandpa. Now we're going to cut to upstairs. What we have upstairs is two rotten corpses. Uh, rotten slash mummified in a weird way, an old man and an old woman. Now, the old man, we can draw the correlation to Grandpa from Leatherface. Right. The old woman I'm a little shady about because I'm not quite willing to call her Verna Sawyer because the timeline doesn't quite match up. So I'm not 100% sure who the old woman would be. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's Verna. No, I don't think I don't think Verna would meet that fate. She was much too... uh, strong-willed, and I don't think she would take shit from any of these two turds. Right. Regardless, there's two... So they go and get Grandpa. They bring him down. Uh, now, at this point, we're gonna, we're kind of getting the table set for dinner. Uh, it's like a big, long table, and it's like a big deal, and Grandpa's going to come down and kill Sally mm-hmm. because he's like the killer. And at this point, we get a little, little bit of a revolt here in the family where... Um, Nubbins and Leatherface kind of start talking shit to Drayton. And Drayton's like, you know, you do what I tell you to do. And Nubbins is like, you're just a cook. You don't do shit. And Leatherface is just... But what we're finding out here for the purposes of this story is that Drayton is literally just a cook. He doesn't kill anybody. He says himself that he doesn't have the stomach for it. And it's kind of the kid's job to do the killing. He just prepares the meals. Things like that. So that's a bit of an offshoot from Leatherface. Because in Leatherface, Drayton was a bad bitch. And he mm-hmm. was dropping engine blocks on people and things like that. Really fucking some shit up. Um, so from there, we get uh, they bring Grandpa down. Now, they want Grandpa to kill Sally. And they want her to do it in the fashion of hitting her over the head with a hammer while she's bent over a bucket. Fair enough. I get that. <laughs> So first, but first we have to wake Grandpa up. So we cut Sally's finger open and stick it in his mouth, and he's like, and then he's like, he starts like doing like a little kind of a shimmy kind of a thing in his chair. He's like, "Hey, I'm alive!" All of a sudden, they're like, "Okay, Grandpa, it's your turn to kill somebody." So they have Sally bent over this bucket thing, and he starts sort of like half-ass whacking her in the head. He's dropping it, really. He hits her once or twice, for Mm -hmm. real, but she's still alive and screaming and freaking out. In all this uh, horse shit and fuckery that's going on, Mm -hmm. she gets free, hauls ass, jumps out of another second-story window, and lands in the front of the house. Uh, Takes a minute to like, she's batshit crazy now, too, because of everything that she's been through throughout the night. So she's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Just takes off. Leatherface comes out of the front door immediately behind her with a chainsaw. Goes following her down the road to the driveway. She makes it to... And the crazy hitchhiker. The hitchhiker's right behind him. She makes it to what I assume is some kind of a freeway or something like that. Yeah. 
And uh, she's like, oh, God, a big diesel truck pulls up and picks her up. But as soon as, like, he stops, uh, Leatherface, like, starts, like, trying to chainsaw the 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 doors of the the truck open. And it's a big fat guy that gets out, unfortunate for him. Um, As he's coming around the truck, he throws, like, a tire iron and hits uh, Nubbins in the face. As another truck is coming by, runs Nubbins over, like, ragdolls him. Like, like grease spot is what Nubbins is. Uh, Here comes another truck down the road. We never saw what happened to the first truck driver, other than he took off running. Right. So that happens. Here comes Leatherface. (laughs) I think I would do. I just like, oh, screw you guys. I'm out. (laughs) Keep the truck. Keep the girl. Uh, Sorry about the tire iron. I'm just going to go ahead and. (laughs) This guy's crazy with uh, the You know what? I'm going to go ahead and and go. So (laughs) have a good day, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he takes off running. That's pretty. That's pretty good for him. We never see what happens to him, and uh, from there, uh, another truck. He's got a good story to tell. He does. <laughs> You're not going to believe what happened to me right. at work today. Um, another truck, like just a, a Ford, like F two fifty with a, a without a camper shell, pulls mm-hmm. up. She jumps in the back, starts beating on it, and takes off. Uh, Leatherface has now like he fell down and kind of dropped the chainsaw on his legs, and it dug into him it jacked him up pretty good but he gets up and just starts dancing with the chainsaw like yeah. doing twirlies and swinging the chainsaw you and dance the paint off Darian. that's what you it is dance it off. that's what you just gotta <laughs> dance you fucker just dance the chainsaw lands on your lap you dance you dance you, you get fired from your job you, you dance. dance your wife cheats on you you, you dance. dance your podcast sucks and nobody's watching Fucking shake it, buddy. <laughs> and that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1973. What did you think, sir? Uh, it's silly watching it now. Um, but, I mean, it was, it's definitely a great classic. It is. I still love it. Um, I, lo- I love the mythos that we've now built around the Sawyer family. Mm-hmm. And Leatherface in particular. Uh, I, 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 I think it still holds up in a weird kind of... Uh, Cinema verite fashion in that it's uh, just so gritty and grimy, and you yeah. feel kind of dirty watching it. And you just you you wonder, like here in Nevada, we have houses like this. Mm-hmm. We dr- you drive through the Nevada desert from Reno to Vegas or Vegas to Elko or something like that. You'll see these lone little homesteads that just kind of out there in the desert, and you're like, who the fuck lives there? How do they live there? But they have like newer cars in the driveway, so you're like, God, that place, that yeah. place is falling apart. What the fuck is going on? Keep driving, because this yep. is the kind of shit that is probably happening. Usually, and, they have signs that say "private property." Keep the fuck out. <laughs> Beware yeah. of dog. Beware of owner. Beware yeah. of owner's daughter. Beware of owner's things in the basement. Well, just don't even come in. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, it 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 gives you pause. I I have to say though that I do think I like the remake just a little bit better. Yeah, uh, and the reason for that is the maliciousness of Thomas Hewitt versus the almost empathetic nature of Jed Sawyer. Like at right. this point, even watching this for the first time as an original standalone movie, you can kind of feel for for Leatherface because you see how his older brother is abusing him. Clearly, there's something not right with this dude to begin with. I mean, he's, you know, he's wearing somebody else's face, which is not good, and he can't talk. He just kind of mumbles and whines, and you know this. 
that's not good, man. Whatever his upbringing was, it was not good. And I'm sorry. And that sucks. So, but with Thomas Hewitt, you're like, here's just this hulking ball of evil that just wants to kill and eat and kill and eat. And the only entertainment he gets is from fucking with you before he kills you Mm -hmm. and eats you. And I don't know. That's just, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I did like the, uh, the, the scene where, um, the boyfriend goes inside the house and then that's right when you see the, you know, you see him just the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, The hammer slide door to shut. Yeah. That's probably one of the best kills in cinematic history Mm -hmm. because it's fast. You get to see the guttural nature of it. The death spasms of Kirk as he's, uh, you know, spasming around on the floor and you're thinking, Oh fuck. Is that what really happens when you when you meet with that kind of head trauma? Probably. I Probably, don't know. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm not interested in experiencing it myself. No, no. Um, that's for sure. And it just happens so fast. The violence of that scene, you know? You don't even really get a, a, that good of a look at Leatherface in, the, in those moments. You see plenty of them later in the movie. But right. in that, it's just like, so what fast. The, what it's the like, hell just happened? You know, comes around the door. Kirk's like, what? And then whack. And then... He kind of spasms and then whack, whack while he's on the ground. And then he's slung over the shoulder and that's the end of Kirk for mm-hmm. this movie. For for the rest of the movies too, for that matter. Mm-hmm. That is gnarly, my friends. Yeah, uh, I'm going to suggest you check out the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm sure you already have. Give it a rewatch. Uh, yeah. Let us know what you think. Do you think it holds up uh, by today's standards? I'm curious. Buddy says no. no. I think it still holds up. I just... In a different context, you know, um, give it a check it out. Check it out again. It's it's fucking October. Watch it. Just watch it. Let us know what you think. Other than that, I think we're going to go ahead and take us a little break and we'll come back with some other stuff. What do you say, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. G'day, mate. Welcome to Australia. Home of baby eating dingoes, 100 different animals ready to kill you. Mick Taylor, Mick Dundee and 20 other guys called Mick. Oh, and the dumbest bloke on planet Earth. I'm Ben, and I'm here to learn about horror films. But fear not, I've come to help this poor special needs kid as I make him sit down and watch some of the greatest and not so greatest horror films out there in our podcast, Horror for Dummies. Hooray! So join us every week on the Patent Room Network as we talk about horror films old and new and listen to some favourite tracks while we spray some spiders. So the question stands, where the bloody hell are So jump onto your kangaroo and hop on over to the Padded Room Network. You can have it if you want.
Igor, come back with that hack monster. My butt won't plug itself. Oh, 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 I didn't see you there. Well, while you're enjoying the frights for today, perhaps you would enjoy some more frights that the Padded Room Network has in store for you. Well, if just by following the links below, you could find yourself in many worlds of horror, including Wicked Wednesdays with Alan and Shelley Easterling, Horror for Dummies with Tim and Jaleesa Davis, Who Will Survive with Paul Stevenson and Marco Pastos, The Resurrection of Zombie 7 Podcast with Ron Martin and Jessica Feeney. Dark History with Sarah Nowinski. Oh, and you cannot forget the Psych Ward with Darian and Mandy. There are so many frights for you that are just waiting a click away. Oh, uh, Igor, come closer with that cock monster. My, my anal juices are... Uh, they're purging too much. Uh, go watch the shows. Uh, I mean, listen to them. This is a podcast. You listen. You don't watch. Plug my ass, Igor. I'm making no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. Oh, dude. Buddy... Yeah. Here's a, here's the the thing about hitchhikers. And it's a it's a difficult equation to to come to to do in your head cuz you got to do it on the fly, man. Oh yeah. Cuz there's two types of movies that starts with hitchhikers, horror movies and pornos. <laughs> it's a 50/50 shot, man. That's why I say I'll only pick up a female hitchhiker and uh I yeah, I pr- you got to be careful with yeah, female it's hitchhikers. It's true. It's true cuz they can fuck you up just as bad. Yeah. But they can also suck your dick. Yeah, or they could have a guy waiting till uh, See, he might be in the bushes. Uh-huh. Could be a whole bait and switch operation. Right. I say just don't even do it. Just don't even don't even. The best case scenario, you get a blow job by somebody with stinky breath. Yeah, and get some sort of sexually could, transmitted dude, disease. You can get some funky shit out on the <laughs> yeah. road, buddy. Right. That's what I'm here to tell you. You ready to get into the Terradome, goddammit? blow me? Well, let me get this rubber on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how, how many rubbers do I have on me? I yeah. think I'm going to... Use all of them. I'll quite, use the whole pack. Quite possibly uh, quadruple bag, this one. <laughs> what, over no, the over? Nothing over against you, honey. Uh, it's, it's me. I got a rare case of... Uh, the Sudanese clap or something. I don't know. It's right. bad. Makeup shit. This is, yeah, this is for your own good, sweetie. You ready to get into the Terra Dome, you sex perv? Hell yeah. Let's goddamn do it, shall we? Oh, yeah. 
No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll drive you crazy. Six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. To the Terradome. Started off with the winners from two weeks ago now. Uh, singles competition, we had The Mummy versus Kaiko. The dark hair of Kaiko forced, formed an imprisoning cocoon around Emotep and began to squeeze. But attacking Emotep so openly left Kaiko unprotected. That's when the scarabs began to swarm suffocating her by crawling down her throat and into every other orifice. With a vote of 10 to 7, the mummy advances over Kaiko. I kind of saw that. That was a close one, though. Yeah, it was. I, it I kinda, was fairly close. I kind of saw that one going down that way. Mm-hmm. You know, Kaiko's a scary bitch. And uh, I love her. I, uh... But mummy's got such a such a wide tool bag. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of shit. Bag of tricks. Dude. And even, even if we're not talking about Emotep, if we're talking about Aminette, or the Boris Karloff, well, Boris Karloff mummy is pretty much just a zombie, mm-hmm. really. But these the modern mummies, they can do some shit. Oh, yeah. They, and they, can. they can fuck you up, and they can make you horny. You know? <laughs> like, I'll bang Aminette, dude. I'll tell you right now. Not right when she comes out of the coffin. You let her get a couple uh, d- dead guys in her. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Put some meat on her bones mm-hmm. a little bit with the tattoos. Yeah. I feel like once you can see the tattoos... Then you're good to go. Because mm-hmm. then she's got enough skin for the tat. That's like a that's what I call a a, a safe zone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a MILF zone. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> a couple thousand years old kind of a MILF. <laughs> Let's look at the team's competition, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> team's competition. We had the witches versus the mutant cannibals. The ladies of the coven had come to expect hostilities from the mundane world, but none so vulgar as this. Quickly, they assembled into ritual with practiced efficiency. Pre-packaged and measured amounts of ingredients were assembled. Off in the distance, the cannibal tribe began to cough as the chanting grew louder. Then the choking started as it reached an apex. By ritual's end, all of them dead by asphyxiation, choked to death by their own mutated tongues. With a vote of 15 to 2, the witches advance over the mutant cannibals. Wow. I saw that one coming. Oh, yeah. The mutant cannibal's scary, too. But, I mean, you can shoot them. You can set them on fire. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty tough, but you can kill them. You mm-hmm. know? Witches, they 
Good you, luck getting to them. The, yeah, I mean, there's that. And they will, like, manipulate your friends yeah. into fucking with you while you're trying to get to them. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole other layer to the game there. Let's take a look at this week's matchups here, shall we? Yeah. Buckaroo Bonsai. We are in the Inferno Conference Round 7 uh, singles division. As usual, inmates, bear with me. I'm not very good at reading or writing things. <coughs> the current of time only flows in one direction, but when you sail its tides for centuries, you tend to notice certain patterns. Vlad knew this all too well. His last love, cherished Elizabetta, taking her own life in 1492, reincarnates in England in the late 1800s. The tragedy of his unlife is that he's destined to lose her again and again and again through the dark eons of his existence. But careful study of the circumstances of Mina's loss and the occasion of her life allows Vlad to predict her next appearance. Certain celestial occurrences, along with numerical patterns involving times and dates, bring Vlad to the American Southwest in the mid-1970s. Not knowing where to begin his search, he simply trusts that fate will intervene again. Then it does. A convenient wanted poster featuring a trio of human murderers, and there she, see, there she is, her face, clearly. Going by the name of Baby Firefly, Vlad is taken aback by the trouble she's gotten herself into in this life. Singles competition, we have Otis Driftwood versus Dracula. Buddy, how say you? Ooh. I'm gonna have to go with Dracula. Of on course this one. you are. Of course you are. I mean, I mean, how, can you make that make sense? Where Otis Driftwood kills Dracula? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I mean, sleeping in the coffin. What's he gonna, maybe, uh, maybe he shoots him with with a shotgun, or I don't know. He's got garlic breath. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't. I don't see how that would make sense. <laughs> I don't know. But inmates, let's not be cute with this one and vote for Otis Driftwood just to make me have to make that make sense. Okay, let's let's be let's be real here, people. Let's go to the teams comp. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm gonna vote for Otis Driftwood and see what Darian comes up with. <laughs> right. Well, let's. Uh, th- I mean, you can do that. So, it, so you're not voting for Otis? No, I'm voting for Dracula <laughs> because I have a fucking brain in my head, buddy. You know, there's no way. All right. The more the more I, the more bigger of a deal I make out of this, the more likely it is that Otis is going to win, and then I'm going to have to come up with some bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's look at the teams competition <clears throat> again. We're in the Inferno Conference round seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. After the events of Tennessee, Professor Xander was forced to leave the country rather expediently. He'd written letters to his colleagues, and he was unable to fully translate the Necronomicon due to distractions of his family, and would continue his studies in an undisclosed location in the Peruvian jungle. Strange, but understandable. What his colleagues didn't know was that Xander had other motives for fleeing the country. For one, the murder of his family. It was self-defense, but who would believe that they'd become host to Kandarian demons? Now he'll find the quiet solitude he needs to complete his work. And with nothing human around to possess, the evil contained within the book should be easily contained within the jungle itself. What Xander doesn't know is that as harsh as the Peruvian jungle is, it is far from empty. The Uluwatu tribe of cannibal headhunters has called it home for generations and didn't take kindly to trespassers. Team's competition, we have the Deadites versus the Jungle Cannibals, buddy. Ooh. I mean, 
I kind of feel like this is a no-brainer, too, but I'll hear you out. Go ahead. Oh, Deadites. Let's of go course. <laughs> Let's not be silly here, people. <laughs> That's two for the Deadites. Those are your uh, Terradome matchups for the weekend, mate. Singles competition is Otis Driftwood versus Dracula. Teams competition is the Jungle Cannibals versus the Deadites. Get us your votes by next week, if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or you get us on the old uh, email at thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. While you're pondering those matchups, we're going to tell you what kind of movies we got to look at this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? You get to watch anything recently, buddy? No, not a thing. Just work and busy. Yeah. Well, I got two works worth of, two weeks worth of shit to talk about, and I'm trying to do the the 31 horror movies and 31 oh, yeah. days for October. So let's get into that. I yeah. did watch Slasher season two. The, you finished it? Yes. Okay. I like that one a lot better than season one. Se- yeah. Season one was the hokey one. The hokey one. The Lily White cop turned out to be the killer, and we right, all right, knew right. what was going on. Season two was the one with the uh, at the 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 summer camp in the winter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Way better. Here's what I found out. Yeah. Season one was actually a chiller original oh, for the Chiller Channel, which okay. now I know why it sucks. Yeah. Uh, season two was picked up by Netflix. Yeah. Which, as why it was phenomenally yeah, it was better. De- it was definitely better. Uh, I've only seen the two seasons. Uh, there's a third one. I'm oh, going to yeah? try to get to it eventually. Huh. Uh, I watched that. I watched The Invoking from 2013. Okay. Low budget. Uh, cabin in the Woods, Teenagers. You think you're going in a supernatural route, but then you don't. Oh, okay. Kind of a twist at the end. It's all right. Uh, the Love Witch from 2016. Hmm. This one is a throwback to the old 60s style softcore porno horror that we... Grew up watching. That you grew up watching. That I grew up watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, the chick that plays the witch in this one, uh-huh. screaming hot. How about compared to uh, the other one? Which other one? You're the throwback. What throwback? The one you were just talking about. The the love witch? Yeah. What's compared to that? What are you talking about? I don't know. All right, then, there. <laughs> it's getting late. Uh, Deep Red from 1975. This is a classic giallo written and directed by Dario Argento. Uh, Last Shift. You see oh, that yeah. One? That's Love a great that one. one, right? Yeah. I put that on my standard October viewing list. Yeah, definitely. I did watch The Furies that Monica oh, yeah, talked yeah. about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you on the uh, good hype or the bad hype? I am on the good hype. Okay. It's uh, it's it's kind of a blood sport type of a thing where you got a group of slashers on an island with a group of chicks. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, the slashers, I, th- I think, have like... Um, detonating dog collars around their necks. Okay. And they, they have to kill as many chicks as they can. But what you don't know is that there's one chick tied to each slasher that they have to protect. So that kind of puts a whole other spin on things. And if that if their chick gets killed by a different slasher, then they their head explodes. Right. Kaboom. It's a pretty good show, man. Wow. I hope they do another one. Uh, don't Breathe from 2016. We've seen that one. one. We love that. Mm-hmm. Pumpkinhead from 1988. Oh, we love wow. that one also. And Phantasm from 1979. Hmm. That's my hit list. That's what I watched in the last two weeks while I was sick. So, wow. There you go. All right. Let's get into some immersion therapy there, buddy. Yes. we got to talk about the tall grass. Yeah. <laughs> 
Immersion Therapy What'd you think, man? Into the tall grass. Uh, it's not as good as I was hoping it would be. Um, I get that. I feel you there. I yeah. actually read the book. Oh, okay. I would actually say, I mean, <coughs> the book is actually really short. Uh, it's like a hundred. It's like 150 pages, I think. Oh, wow. I did it in the afternoon. It uh, doesn't go nearly into all this weird time loopy shit oh okay in the book you have the one couple they go in there they get lost they can't right. find each other uh they have to do they have some psychological issues and some shit happened in their past and they start seeing things from their past in the in the grass oh okay uh the rock is there the rock is a big part of it mm-hmm. and uh that's that's pretty much your movie at the at the end they both die in the tall grass as their car is being broken into <laughs> because that's that's part of the thing that they don't touch on in the movie is that there's a community around this field that knows what's in the field oh, and they've got okay. like a cottage industry of breaking into people's cars after they go wandering into the tall grass so <laughs> they have that going too All right. yeah uh, it's, in, it, instead of like an abandoned church that's got like a the, lot full. the church is there but yeah. that's where everybody goes to break into the cars oh, okay. so there's that that's pretty much the the gist of the book. Yeah, really. They huh. the, the movie's far more in depth. Than the book is. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I dig it. I thought it was okay. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. They laid it on a little thick with the time loopy stuff. Yeah, which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just too much. Uh yeah, dude. When you you gotta like put put one of those conspiracy boards up and have the yarn. Going to try to... Okay, he came in at this point, but then the kid was already there, but he comes around at the end, and you got pictures of everybody, and you're, okay, this guy's an asshole, because he touched the rock, but he said he could get them out. I don't... Yeah, and then jumping through the little time loop spots that ends up outside. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I think the real shitty part of it is that Patrick Wilson, if they had actually listened to him, they probably could have got out, right? Because there's that part where uh, the boyfriend is chasing him, and then he comes out. He like goes off to the side. That was like, pretty cool. He's like, "Well, there's holes in the grass, and if you know how to navigate the holes, then you can come and go as you please. Uh-huh. You just got to touch the rock, and then you'll know where the holes are." Okay, I'm gonna go touch the rock and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but apparently touching a rock makes you a crazy person. Well, I mean, there is the risk of that. <laughs> yes, but. I don't know. Whatever, man. I thought it was. I thought it was all right. I thought it was a. I mean, the book is the book is very short, so it's more of a, a short story than anything else. I think this was, if anything, this probably would have been a better um, short story movie. A better like uh, segment in an anthology. Yeah. Or something like, oh, something else I watched. I forgot to mention is the new Creep Show series. Ooh. You should definitely check that out. Oh yeah. It is badass. Wow. Yes. Okay. I'm telling you. Each each episode is like two separate vignettes, uh-huh. which is pretty dope. They're only like 10, 10 15 minutes each. Hmm. But episode one, the second vignette with the dollhouse, you're going to love that shit, man. Wow. It is creepy as balls. Uh, right on. So what do you got for us this week, buddy? All right. This week, let's check out 2009's The Figurine. This is uh, directed by Kunle Afalayan. Oh, Jesus. It stars Will Adebayo. Oh, boy. Kate Adepegaba. Uh, of course, Kunle Afalayan, again, <laughs> himself, you know, directing it. All right. And Funlola Efeoyebi. 
<laughs> I, I gotta it's go. A, I gotta say African. Yeah, Nigerian. Nigerian. Okay, yeah. that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the figure. It's on Netflix. Yes, it's on Netflix. All right. Um, I'm. I don't think we've ever done a, a Nigerian movie. I know this will be different. So, so sure, we'll see. let's let's do it, man. I'm into it. Can't be any worse than these Bollywood shit shows yeah, right. that we've been doing. Yeah. So. All right, check that out, inmates. We'll do the same. Uh, other than that, I think that's about it for us on the week. Ironically, we went longer this week than we did last week when we planned a half show. So there's uh, – or actually, we went longer last week than we did this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, I mean, it would make sense well, if we – Well, Leatherface was a little shorter too. That's true. I don't know. But I, I, when I can talk, I talk a lot. So that's probably on oh, me. Yeah. On me. <laughs> kind of sped it up a little bit. A little bit, yeah. You know. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, inmates. Uh, as usual, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this. That helps our visibility quite a bit. If you enjoyed the show, if you have time, run on over to iTunes, drop us a five-star review, and put something in the comment section. Just put an emoji in there. It doesn't matter. But you ha- do have to leave a comment in order for us to get boosted up on the ratings or whatever the hell they're doing over there. Uh, we have a Patreon campaign running, if anybody gives a shit. We've got buttons now, as well as... Hats, shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, whatever the hell else you want. Buttons. Buttons. Go to patreon.com slash paddedroompod or actually just go to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find everything you need to know about us there as well as all of our affiliate shows here in the Padded Room Network. Other than that, for Buddy, Miss Monica in Absentia, Chainsaw Wielding Maniacs, Barbecue Truck Stops in the Texas Desert, Graves That Have Been Fucked With, Weird Corpse art monument things um and the padded room podcast visiting hours are over have a great week the